Um, but for a little while, I've, I've been having something going around in my brain, which is, which is, I think, is something we need to um, talk about and think about because it, I think it gets confusing sometimes. And, and so I want to try and talk into something that I think um, is really, really important, uh, important in, in our cultural reality. Um, obviously, for us, freedom is, is, is extremely important. I think it's important for everything. I think it's important for not just for us, you know, it's, it's God's thing. The, the, the essence of the gospel is, is freedom, and it tells you that in Galatians, you know, it's for the sake of the truth of the gospel that, that they, they, they um, guarded freedom. And another thing that sits alongside that is I don't believe you can create a, a truly uh, free environment without actually tackling equality and making sure that people have the freedom to be all they're meant to be. Um, so equal opportunity to be who you're called to be, your divine destiny. Um, and, uh, but what I found is that there's, there's, we need to understand that the, the interaction of equality and difference. Um, so I want to talk a bit about that today. So I might, I might talk a bit more, more about it next week. It's, cause I think it's really important because I see some confusion coming around. Um, and it, it, it's, it, it's an underlying um, challenge, I think, because um, when I talk to, to people here, but particularly in other churches, when I, I tell them about Eastgate and actually how we, we have a non-hierarchical structure, that, oh, what does that look like? Does that mean you don't have any leadership? Well, it doesn't mean that. Does it mean you've got a flat structure? No, it doesn't mean we've got a flat structure. Um, people say, oh, it's just all flat, because that's sort of monotonous flat. And so equality doesn't mean all the same. Equality has to embrace the differences of, of who we are, the uniqueness of different giftings. And yet when God puts it all together, it makes a beautiful whole. It, there is a oneness. You know? The body is, is a one thing. So, so yesterday, you know, the example of, of somebody being born again in the healing center, but this lady had done alpha and there were other parts of her journey you know so so it's not that the healing center claims the dibs because you know <laughs> yes it happened in the healing center Woo-hoo! We're, we're, we're the best you know you, you, you know alpha course didn't manage to get her over the line but we did <laughs> it's it's there's that sort of ah, what, what's the most important bit it's all important and and how important are are you in god's plan just answer that question. How, how important do you believe you are in, in God's plan for planet Earth? You're looking blank at me. <laughs> I, I, I say this, you're vitally important. If you don't play your part, no one else will. And if I don't play my part, no one else will. You can't play my part, only I can play my part. So if I don't play my part fully then there's a lack. But if you don't pay your part fully, there's, there's also a lack. But actually, we are different, and yet there's an equality. And, I, I, that's, and it's, it's one of those things that's a bit counterintuitive, but if we don't get this right, I think we get into trouble of people feeling um, inferior, superior, or left out, included, not included. Does that make sense? There's a, there's a, there's a danger, or even jealousy, um, you know, or selfish ambition can start to rise up and stuff like that, or, or awkwardness, or trying to be what you're not meant to be, you know, a, a wrong aspiration. Um, when you've got a hierarchy, uh, then the, the, the aspiration to be, you know, top, you know, it, it's, it's normal, it's human, it's un- understandable. And if you, you're meant to be ambitious as a Christian, you know that? Your life is meant to be full of ambition. But if it's full of selfish ambition, it will go wrong. 
So, and sometimes it's really difficult to work out if your ambition is selfish or godly. Isn't it? Do you know? I think it's, it's tricky. And, and the Bible tells us that actually it's tricky to know your own heart. This is why we need each other around us. It's why actually we don't play single Christianity. So I want to read some passages of scripture. Um, and uh, to give you an overall, uh, quite a lot of, 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 of you know, chunks of scripture, just to give you an overall picture. picture. And then I'm going to just do some comments. Um, before I do that, just a note on my notes, just to, uh, a reminder that we've got Chris Fallerton coming here at the end of the month. Chris Fallerton from Bethel. And we're running a prophetic school with him on Thursday and Friday, the 24th, 25th of January. I'd encourage you to, to make advantage of that if you can. Take advantage of it because it's quite an unusual opportunity. It's, it's quite unusual to, for us, to, uh, not just us here at Eastgate, but within the UK to get Chris Fallerton in to do a prophetic school. Um, so he, he does various other bits and pieces, but to actually get him doing that is an unusual opportunity. And obviously having here at Eastgate, it's, it's convenient. So don't, I would encourage you to get to that, to benefit from a, a man who is uh, a fantastic prophet, but not just that, has created a prophetic community and, and is, is, is extremely wise. Last time we had him here, I think we were all thinking how wise this guy is as, as, as in the whole realm of the prophetic. So, Okay, 1 Corinthians 12. If we bring it up, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Um, and uh, I'm going to dip in, going to start down at, at verse 4, okay? So at verse 4, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. Different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now I want you to notice the word different comes a lot. Different, but same. How many times does different appear? How many times does same appear? Well, actually... They go alongside each other. Do you understand? So, so different, but same. Different equality. Different, same. Uh, to each one, so how many of you get the Holy Spirit if you're born again? To each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. So how many of you will manifest the Holy Spirit? Everyone. For what purpose? Common good. Okay. Not for your selfish good. Not, not for... Your growth. It's, the, the, God gives you something, gifts, callings, anointings, for a common good, not for a, not for a, a sort of a, a selfish good. But every one of us has a manifestation. And it, it, when it says manifestation, a manifestation is something that is evident. It's not. It's, it's, it shows. It, it's, it's, it's on display. Yeah. And one of the I'll come back to this. One of the most important things is that your gifts. The gifts that God gives you, generally speaking, are on display to other people, um, whether you think or not. Um, other people's opinion of, of, of your spiritual gift is actually really important in helping you understand your gifts. And I'll come back to that. To one who is given a, through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. Now, there's an interesting bit, because actually if we go on later, it says actually you should ask for spiritual gifts. So you say, well, if he's determined it, what's the point in asking? Well, because it's a relational reaction, and I don't think he limits. Yeah? He's not limited 
in what you can ask for. Um, so there are different gifts, same spirit, everyone's included in the common good. Right. Then it goes on, verse 12. Yeah, just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. Well, you're aware of that. You have a body. Yeah? How many bodies have you got? One. How many parts have you got? Lots. Yeah, more than you could actually... Funny, I was watching... I was watching it was some documentary, on, and it just said something the other day. Oh, it was about, yes, it was about elephants, it said. Uh, sorry, this is my medical brain. It said an elephant's got 40,000 different muscles in its trunk. And I thought, I don't think it has. Because I don't think it has, actually. I think it's got lots of muscle fibers. I don't think it's got 40,000 different muscles. <laughs> but anyway, that's me being technical. Um, <laughs> We've got lots of parts. How many parts has Jesus' body got? Masses. So, you, so your body actually has billions of parts. Jesus' body has billions of parts. Every one of important. Every one valuable. <laughs> For we were all baptized by one spirit as so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body, do you understand? This, you think this is kind of grotesque. If you, if, um, if you just imagine the whole body as an eye, you go, yeah. <laughs> well, the whole body is a foot, you go, yeah. Remember the Monty Python whacking great foot on the body? There's something grotesque about getting things in the wrong proportions, the wrong order. Yeah? And Jesus' Jesus' body is not grotesque. He knows how to put his body together. He has done. Um, and he knows which part you are. Now, when was that decided? It's not tricky. Before the foundation of the world, it says actually, before we come on to that. So, so, so I'm going to throw out something as, as, as a, um, uh, it's not controversial, but hopefully it'll get your thinking thought. Is I don't believe anybody can prophesy your destiny into being. That's thinking for a minute. <laughs> I, I believe you can only prophesy to confirm what has already been foreordained. You with me? And I just—it's, and what I've seen some, some people get into difficulty is, is when they get prophet, people prophesy over them, very well-meaning that they are going to be something, but they actually aren't that thing. It really causes a lot of confusion, and sometimes a massive striving to try and be what they think God wants them to be when He hasn't made them to be. You with me? Yeah. And. Um, so I believe prophecy can very, very helpfully confirm your calling. I don't think it creates it. This is my current... Go with me in my thinking. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because if God already ordained it, and we come back in Ephesians also, it says it's, it's, it's what he does. It's, it's, so he, he, he knows how to put this all together. 
Now, he might reveal that more to you through prophecy. But you always have to weigh up prophecy in those things. And I've had so many prophecies over my life, over the course of my life. And some of them have been absolutely spot on. And some of them are sort of more sketchy. Yeah? Who's, who are the people who are best placed to help you understand what your gifting and calling is? Well, it's probably the people in the body with you. You know what I'm saying? It's, 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 so, um, I've had all sorts of, uh, I can go places where they don't know me very well and they make an assessment of me on what they see in an instant. Yeah? So people tell me, I'm, 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 they, I, I yeah, get lots of encouragement. Say, wow, you are an amazing teacher. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> Actually, I don't think I am. I think I can teach very well. <laughs> but I don't think I am a teacher. You understand? It, that's not my prime calling. But I can teach. I can also do evangelism. I used to do evangelistic seminars all around the country. For, and sometimes people say, wow, you're an amazing evangelist. I thought, eh, no, I'm not. I'm just good at evangelism. And I can teach you how to do it, because I'm actually a decent teacher as well. But I've known what God called me to be since I was 20 years old. And nobody's ever prophesied over me. In that respect, I've been told I'm it or I'm not it <laughs> by all sorts of different people. <clears throat> I find it encouraging when people say I am. And when people say I'm not, I thought, well, you're wrong. <laughs> In a nice way. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really important to know who you are. But you'll discover who you are primarily through the closeness of relationships, not just the, 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 like the platform performances. And number one, I'm a son of God. Yeah? And I'm a servant of God. Now, it's, you know, we're not, our identity is not primarily servants, but partly it is. I love serving God. <clears throat> so, there we go. da 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 Let's go for, uh, don't worry about the rest of it. Um, Go down to verse 27. Verse 27. You are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then kinds of gifts of healing. Helps, helping God. How many many of you really think you've got this? (laughs) I think it's beautiful when you see this. How many of you would like to think you've got a gift of calling of helping? not very snazzy is it I'm really grateful for the people who help are all apostles all prophets all teachers do all work miracles the answer to do all work miracles is yes by the way um, <laughs> I'm not going to confuse you on that do all speak in tongues yes you all can um, do all interpret. Now, eagerly desire the greater gifts. It, 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 um, he's saying there is actually try and be what you're meant to be. But the confusion that comes in 
um, and it does, is, is when you get this word first apostle, because we, if we've got a hierarchical mindset, we, we interpret that as, as the bit to aim for, or the most important, or the, or the, 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 the most valuable. Um, and uh, we've heard me say this a lot before, but actually when we get round to, <coughs> to, to using the, the annex, you know, we'll understand that it's got a foundation, but it's actually not the most important part. Of it. it was the most important part. It's the foundational reality. Without that, nothing else. But actually, the bit that we will use is not the foundation. Your day-to-day activity is not going to be on the foundation, but it actually is built on the foundation, if you're with me. So, so okay, let's turn to Ephesians chapter 4. I'm just whizzing through some of this, but... Right, let's go from verse 3. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There's one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Do you get the idea? There's one. One, which is unity. But that one is made up of many parts. And then it goes on. To each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. Verse 11. So Christ gave the apostles... The prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect Pardon me, the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. That is what we're aiming at. We want to become the mature body of Christ. Yeah? Where every, every part is functioning optimally. It says, from him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So what happens when each part does its work is that everything grows. So what I'm trying to get at, there are different gifts, every part playing the work. Then it also says supporting one another and growing together. That's a beautiful picture. Now, this is what I'm trying to set out in front of us. This this is a beautiful picture of church life. And leadership plays a function in that. Um, Obviously it does. Leadership is, is, is really important, and it's a gift. But we mustn't put leadership on a pedestal above other things. Am I making sense to you? I hope so. It's, it's, um, I'm trying to cover a lot of ground in a lot of my thinking. So I'm, there's a, a passage I'll probably come back to next week. It's in Exodus 18. I'm just going to allude to it, not, not read it, because I haven't got time to read it. Um, it's when Jethro comes to Moses, and, and Moses is basically doing everything. He's judging everyone. And, and basically Jethro says, what are you doing? This is going to kill you and everybody else as well. And then he actually... Get, basically gives Moses a sort of a structure to work to. He says, you need to find captains of thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. This is the way we're going to organize this thing. Then everything's going to get sorted. Everybody's needs are going to get met. And now, who do you think is the most important? Moses, the captain of the thousands, the captain of the hundreds, the captain of the fifties, or the captains of the tens? All of them. The answer is all of them. Yeah, because if, without, without all of those, you would not have the structure. He said, well, Moses is the important one. No, no, actually, on his own, he's not doing a great job. Actually, he's going to kill everybody. 
Sometimes, so, so <laughs> he is important, but on his own, he's not very important. Well, not very effective. Everything has to work together for that. It's a lovely picture. And I would suggest to you that some people are really good with tens. And if they weren't, we'd be in trouble. But because you're good with ten doesn't necessarily mean say you'd be good with a hundred. And it's almost like, I've seen this in Christianity, be faithful with a ten, then you can have your fifty, then you can hundred, and eventually you might end up as Moses. It doesn't work like that. It can. It, 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 there is a sense of you have to grow in, in, in capacity and faithfulness. But I've seen some people who are absolutely brilliant with 100 people and useless with 10. Yeah? And I've seen people, when we used to have the, 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 the system was that you had to be a good home group leader before you could graduate up. And we had some pretty useless home group leaders. Funny, we did. We had some really bad home group leaders. But actually, give them a bigger platform. They were brilliant. You thought, oh my goodness. How did you do that? You didn't, you weren't very good with a 10. Oh, because you're, you're built for a 50 or a 100. And some people are brilliant at 100 and useless with a 10. Yeah? Does that make sense to you? Yeah. It's right, it's all, it all needs to fit together. Um, that's why I love these connect groups. I think, you know, you've got people doing what they can. I thought, you know what? That's a brilliant idea. I couldn't do that, but I'm glad somebody is. These connect groups are, are fundamentally important to how Eastgate works. And the beauty is, you can all have a, you can all have a go. All be part of it. You say, got an idea? What, what idea? I can, I can grow some seeds. I'll show somebody else how they can grow some seeds. Fantastic. I, I, it's new to me, that one. I fancy a chocolate tasting group. If anybody wants to set up a chocolate tasting group, I think that'd be good. Wine tasting group, chocolate tasting group. Anybody up to lead in that one? Oh, you probably get me. I'll be signing up quick. I'll be. <laughs> you get me in. It's, it's not difficult. What, what do you like doing? What, what, you, what, what makes you buzz? What, what? I'm looking at somebody over there because actually, see, I think no hierarchy does not mean no difference, and it doesn't mean no order. It means equal value. What, what does equality look like? I've jotted this down. I think equality. Where are we equal? You know, we all have equal value. Jesus is the paid the same price for every one of us. We all have equal position. We're seated with him in heavenly places for all eternity. We're equally loved by God. There is no separation within the gospel, neither Jew nor Greek, male nor free, save or free. And we all have the same Holy Spirit. That's, that's what equality looks like. You feel valued? I hope so. Equally valued by God. Everybody carries it. But we're all different. And valuing those differences is really, really important. One of my favourite bits of um, last year was telling, well, I've even done it this year, I was at a national gathering this uh, on Friday and I was just telling the story of, of Linda, who's a hairdresser, who's one of the heroes of Heavenly Healthcare. Why? Because she just, she cuts old people's hair in residential care homes. She sings over them, prays over them. And sees great breakthroughs in their dementia and social isolation. Wow. She's not a doctor, she's not a nurse, she cuts people's hair. She's a hero. Just like a surgeon who saves somebody's life 
with his scalpel. Actually, I was humbled on Friday because I was introduced at this conference and basically the man there said, he said, I literally owe my life to Pete Carter. Oh, really? He said, yeah, actually, because I, actually I did medically intervened in his life about four years ago. I was at a conference with him and I realized he actually had a, a life-threatening circumstance going on and told his wife to get him to the A&E department immediately and he did and it saved his life. <clears throat> I've saved more people's lives through good medicine than I have through praying. I love seeing healing. I love being a doctor as well. Your life counts, it really does. And we don't value people who work for the church more than just working in any other sphere of life. It's really important we understand this. Working for the church is just a part of the picture. It's not the pinnacle. So what I want to put in front of you, and I'll, I'll pick this up next week, is that I believe Christianity is an equal opportunities expression. Every one of us has the opportunity to be the best me that we can possibly be. Yeah? I have the opportunity to be the best me. You have the opportunity to be the best you. The question is, what do you do with that opportunity? I need you to be the best you. Because I'm part of this body. Yeah, We all need each other to be the best us. And next week I want to look at really how we take up those opportunities. And I'll probably look at some of the stumbling blocks that would stop you being the best you. Because this is my desire, my prayer as we go into 2019, that everybody, every current member of Eastgate and every member to become will become the best them that they can possibly be. And as we do that, we will see something amazing built here that can change the world because it will put Jesus on display. The body of Jesus is meant to be the representation of Jesus here on planet Earth. And I love the fact that people come, this lady, she came yesterday, Jesus was represented to her, literally, through a healing physical touch. She gave her life to him. Isn't that beautiful? It is beautiful. The upper course played its part. Lots of other people played their part. And we want to play our part, don't we, in that see many, many people coming to know Jesus. That story of Mills, wasn't it phenomenal? How about some white knuckle prayers, eh? It's great. Uh, but you know what? Some of us, I'm going I'm to throw this out there. Some people have greater gifting and calling in evangelism than others. Benefit from them. Don't do yourself in if that's not exactly you. Right? But you can be involved with it. You can simply go along and sit at an alpha course table and be you. Just be there. Do you understand? You haven't got to be a great evangelist to do that. So, I'm looking forward to 2019. I don't know about you. Hopefully you are. And uh, I'm preaching again next Sunday morning. And I'm going to pick, pick this up with some more details about how you 
fulfill the opportunity that God's placed in front of you to be the great you. Father, we thank you for this grand new year. We thank you for the opportunities that are in front of us. And I want you to look around. I want you to thank. Just open your eyes now. Look around. And I want you to thank for the people. Thank God for the people around you. You are part of a body. If you're not a member of Eastgate, you're still part of a body. It's called the, the body of Christ. It's, it's, it's a universal church. But just look, as a local church, let's be grateful for one another. And build one another up. Encourage one another. And, and don't be frightened to, 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 to say what, what you see is good in people. Because it will help them understand who they're made to be. Father, we thank you for your goodness. Amen.